People have so many different interpretations of what describes the perfect love life. It can be hard to talk about how we feel. Until now, welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl, featuring host and relationship expert Cheryl Besner. Cheryl's kind of like your BFF, easy to talk to and frankly honest. Whether it's about love and relationships, sex and desires, she's here along with some great experts. Now, here's Cheryl Besner. Hi, everybody. Cheryl on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. I'm your relationship coach and your communication expert. And today, I wanted to communicate on how you can potentially communicate with your best friend. And how do you consider crossing the line and becoming lovers and partners? Can you do it? A lot of people aren't too sure. I kind of put it out there on Facebook like I always do because, you know, this conversation is about life, love, and lust. And it's all the things that you want to talk about and sometimes don't have anybody to talk about it with. And that's why we're here right now. This is a conversation that has had so many different reflections from people as to whether or not you should even cross that line, whether you should take the chance. And we're going to dive into that today. A lot of people have written into me and asked me, how do you cross the line? So I'm going to answer that right now. And later on, I'm going to give you that labor of love that I always share every week with you on that and give you tips to know whether or not that person that you're considering, that BFF that you love as your friend is somebody that, well, maybe you're falling in love with. And my special guest today is Bridget Ryan, and she is a coach, and she's also got some personal reflections and stories to share with us on this topic. So it's going to be a great show for you today. And to answer this question about how to do it, the most important thing is to have the communication that you need to have with your best friend about the ramifications and the things that can potentially happen that are for the couple or for the friends down the road. The most important thing in any relationship is communication. We talk about that all the time. You know, that dance, I'm always referring to that dance of love and the dance of communication, which is part of the inspirational speak we're going to have, that intimate conversation at the end of the show is called the dance of love today. And that's the most important thing that you can have with your best friend that you think you might be falling in love with. And you have to make sure you're both on the same page. And what happens if you cross the line? How is the plan to go back to the friendship? This is where it gets complicated. And this is where if you don't have all these conversations before you cross the line, you're really going to end up in a place you don't want to be. In that vein, I want to get into this conversation with our own Dr. Philip Morphew. He is coming to us from down under, and I don't mean under the sheets. You know, I mean wise whispers from down under, all the way from Australia. Dr. Phil is in the house. Hey. Good morning. Good morning, Cheryl. It's good morning for me. Good evening. Good evening for us. And you know what? This is around the world. We're a universal conversation here, right? So wherever you are, wherever you are, remember, you can follow both Philip and myself on Facebook, on Instagram, and um, you can also buy Philip's book, Soulful Reflections. So, Soulfully Reflecting, Phil, we're talking today about 
people who fall in love and get into relationships, and it does happen with their best friend. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were writing into me saying, well, can it happen? And, and I've had so many people reach out to me on the Dear Cheryl saying, you know, dear Cheryl, I'm falling for my best friend. What do I do? Can I approach this? I don't know if they feel the same way. What do you think, Phil? <clears throat> I mean, it's always a huge. It's a huge question. I mean, it, it sort of happened to me when I was when I was young, and um, it was it was a little dilemma. It was a little dilemma. We decided that we were better friends than. Uh, than uh, lovers, which I think I probably had a little bit more of a hurt heart than she did, but um, she was strong enough to voice that, let's just keep this as friends. Um, But on other cases, I've got clients that have grown up um, as best friends from childhood and are incredible, uh, in an incredible relationship and partners. Um, it, It is one of those things, you talk about the dance of love and the conversation of love, it, it is about being able to express your feelings without the fear of rejection. You know, that, that's, that's the that, big part, eh? People are the afraid of the rejection. Yeah, because that's why people, I think, dance around a lot because they don't want to get hurt. They don't want to, you know, it's like, look, it's no different to someone going, look, I'm really interested in you. Would you like to explore it a little bit more? And people, you know, that's a hard conversation for some people to have. Sometimes it's a hard conversation for someone to hear. Right. You know, on the other side. I mean, I've had it with uh, a few friends over the years that have gone, hey, listen, Philip, could, you know, possibly be a little more. And, um, you know, I, and I never, ever thought of it as more. And that was the challenge in the conversation. You know, it, I, I had a retreat once because, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, by the way, I do host weekend and week-long retreats. And I had a group of women and a lot of them had t- shared feelings of being in a relationship with a male and having friendship. And in most of the cases, it was the man who was falling for the woman. And, and the women were like, I really like this guy. And there were a few that it was reversed, but I really like this guy, but I'm so terrified to lose this person that I can go out with and have fun with. And he comes with me to events. And I'm afraid that if I take that leap, that he, you know something's going to happen. And the common thread what you're talking about is the fear and the rejection because when we talk about it, then they realize one thing. You know, men don't take that step with a long-term friendship, like with, with, with somebody that they really care about because men love to protect, you know, the women in their lives. And they don't take it just for fun. They're not taking that leap forward. They're doing it from their heart because they, they've fallen in love with you on so many different levels that they're willing to be vulnerable and take that step forward. That that's like an eye opener for a lot of the women, like the way they, they then were able to look at the situation from a different perspective because what they're thinking of is, oh yeah, so it's going to be another guy and then they get me in bed and, and then that's it. You know, they're gone. And it's like, no, this man is in your life, you know, yeah. and it, maybe it won't work out, but he's not going to abuse the friendship. He hasn't been friends with you for five or 10 years or three years just to get you into the sack. And, right? and, 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 yeah, and Cheryl, and it's interesting to say that, it, um, you know, going back into my younger days, one of my best, best friends, I mean, 
we we were we would go and we did everything together. We did everything, and then one night we find ourselves in bed, and we're sort of looking at each other and how this happened, and then it sort of didn't quite work and. It just was a little bit awkward and then we sort of, you know, the fear was, oh, my God, we've screwed up our, our friendship. Um, but let me tell you, 40 years later, we're still the best friends. That's it. And it, it, can happen that you, it can happen that you screw it up. It does happen. But here's the thing. If you two have a strong enough bond and a yeah, friendship, strong yeah. enough friendship and communication and respect, you'll yes. find your way back. And what you said is, you know, it's interesting because you said exactly one point that I was going to hit on is the danger point is, you know, that time where you just end up there and you don't even know how you did it. That's because, and that's why I'm saying, and this is why I was saying at the beginning of the show, you know, the dear Cheryl part is that, you know, this is the communication. And if you're going to potentially fall in love, and I mean have a relationship with your best friend, that communication has to happen before you get into bed with each other. Oh, absolutely, because everything right? changes. Everything, everything, everything changes. changes. Everything changes. You know, in any general relationship, everything changes as soon as you become intimate. Because yeah. It's, it's something happens chemically. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but where's the coming back? Where's the, the process and the steps? And I think it is that steps and say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the chemistry and I like listening to a lot of the young people I work with at the moment and they go, well, Philip, I'm not feeling like that chemistry with them. And I said, have you talked to them about that chemistry? Yeah. And I said, unless I feel the chemistry, I'm not going into bed. I'm not going to have sex with them. I'm not going to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really interesting. So... I think that one of those steps is recognizing and acknowledging whether there is chemistry and then being able to do something about it, but being able to talk your way through it. So remember, everybody, coming up later on in the show, I'm going to share the labor of love technique for the week, and it's going to give you some guidelines, 10 things to look out for that can give you insight into whether or not you should be following through on this. Now, so when it comes back to making that decision to go or not to go. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, we got drunk together. And the, the con- the, you know, the conversation then goes, well, if you got drunk, usually they say drinking brings out your true emotions. It, your it, true, breaks the walls down. it breaks the walls down. So were you meant to get into bed with each other? And I think that a lot of people who don't end up wanting to be in that relationship use the alcohol as the excuse for why you ended up in bed because yeah, that's yeah. the a, easy back door, oh. it's an exit. Yeah, <laughs> a literal, literally a backdoor exit. Yeah, yeah. And then you both, you know, can walk away, you know, with your heads held high rather than the walk of shame like I might have just screwed up. Uh, something really special here. So I actually put it out on Facebook and asked people what they thought about falling in love with their best friend. So later on, I'm going to share what you out there said. Remember, everybody, you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram and you can ask us questions because that's what Philip and I like to do, right, Phil? Answer the questions and and share. Show show some illumination and to some level of wisdom. wisdom. So um, that's what we do. So you can send me any questions uh, via my Insta at 
at Philip Morphew, that's with one L, and M-O-R-P-H-E-W, or um, you can just Google me and uh, send me a, a uh, questions in any other way. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention um, to, to all of you out there is Philip touched on as well the fact that, you know, people sometimes go, if there's no chemistry. One of the things that is very interesting in developing long-term relationships with people that you're not, uh, or that is your friend, is sometimes you don't even know the chemistry is there or not there until you kiss the person. Mm. So you can also think of it as stage one or step mm. one is try the kiss. You know, like if you think, hey, you know what, I would love to be in a relationship with this person, but there's no chemistry. Well, you might have put up a boundary there and not yeah. want to, sure. you know. So sometimes, you know, it's a kiss or really doing, you know, a more intimate touch, you know, than, than what you would normally do to see if something ignites. Because I know many, and especially as well, you know, through my matchmaking before, people fell in love with people that they had no first attraction to, no first, you know, initial lusting for. So that's something well, to consider. It's interesting, surely, to <laughs> that it's like a kiss is a really good indicator. I, mean, I know. I many kisses that I had with people I thought I was interested in. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to keep talking about that on this show. Wait till everybody meets Bridget. She's coming up. She's going to share her story because that's what this show is all about today. It's about falling in love with your BFF. Philip, as always, love the conversation. Thanks. Bye, everybody. And stay with us here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You 
are listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. So today's conversation on Pillow Talk with Cheryl is about to get started with my special guest. Her name is Bridget Ryan, and she is a lifestyle and career coach and very much has a personal spin on today's topic, which is about falling in love with your best friend. And like Philip and I were discussing earlier on Pillow Talk with Cheryl with our Wise Whispers Down Under segment... You know, a lot of people get a little nervous about starting to think romantically about their best friends and some shy away for it and some go straight for it. And we're going to get into that conversation right now. Welcome to the show, Bridget Ryan. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and it's good to see you. Nice to see you too. And for those of you who can see us at home, uh, Bridget is a beautiful lifestyle and career coach and has a smile from ear to ear right now because we're not only talking about a subject that is very near and dear to many of our hearts, but it's especially near and dear to yours, right, Bridget? Yes, yes it is. So, okay, I think first of all, let's just go to the big fear that people have you know you have a best friend and you know whether it's in a heterosexual or gay relationship you have this person that you trust and that you confide in and you do all your pillow talk with about the people you're dating and then all of a sudden you start thinking romantically like there's something there that you know is of interest or there's feelings there that you might want to explore what do you think? Like, do you think most people just run in the opposite direction? And, and how would you suggest people handle that? Sure. Um, yeah, I think I can speak firsthand to being hesitant. When those thoughts first started to kind of pop into my mind, I can remember consciously putting them out of my mind, being like, what are you doing? Okay, this is proximity effect. Something is happening. You just got to like, give yourself a weekend away from him or something. Because really the fear is more associated with what if it doesn't work more than what if it does, right? And so- <laughs> well, I think, and it's important here because I was kind of alluding to the fact that you've had a personal experience with it and and going at it from like the, the life coach perspective. And uh, for those of you who haven't caught on yet, Bridget, fell in love with her BFF. So we're going at it from both sides here, right? Yes, we are. So <laughs> yeah, so um, the, there was definitely hesitation, absolutely fear. I think it was met on both sides, but it was more on my side than his. I think he fell into that space a little bit more comfortably, but absolutely the two of us were, even once we kind of had initially sort of opened that door um, to kind of express that we might be interested in each other in a different way, there was still, I mean, a solid couple of months of really being hesitant to dive into that head first because you really never know what's going to happen and the fear of losing that person is much higher when there's somebody who's already so integrated into your life and how long were you two together before you took that that pinnacle jump so we had been friends for three and a half years, three, mm-hmm. yeah, three, three and a half years, um, really close for the last two, like traveling all over together, which we'll get into. Um, and, and so by that point we had, I had actually <laughs> lived with him briefly because I was moving in as in, roommates, as roommates, as Just roommates, platonic roommates, right? Totally platonic yeah, roommates. Okay. So crazy. Um, uh, yeah. And so. 
so that was kind of kind of the transition into now it was about I would say three and a half years when he had initially made the move um, and he kissed me at our friend's wedding and we fell into it quite comfortably but also I think that's because we were comfortable with one another. Um, but we didn't, I guess, seal the deal until the end of that trip before I was continuing on to Germany. Okay, what does so seal the deal mean? Are you talking together. about sleeping together? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we slept together probably about a week after the initial. And that was a whole other hurdle. <laughs> You know, that, that's something that I was talking about earlier with uh, Dr. Phil on our Wise Whispers from Down Under segment was about the fact that it quite often is the man who will make the first move. And at one of my retreats, I had a group of women and three of the women had been in a situation like yours. And two of them were worried that he was making a move just to make a move and, and get intimate. And they, they didn't realize that for a man to make that move, he would have done that, you know, Three years and two months earlier than, totally. than what they had. You know, they, they don't wait three years to see if maybe they can get you in the sack. They, if that's happening, it's because they love you. There, there's a, there's a deep attraction there and a deep affection there. And at that point, you don't have to worry whether it's, it's a one night stand. Unless, totally. Yeah. Unless, unless you're both, you know, again, as we were saying, like, completely drunk out of your minds out of control and something you know takes over but otherwise no there there's an emotion that is driving that right god yeah and and i think the the best part about it is the fact that they've already invested in you emotionally right mm-hmm. so much of the fear i think is for women and certainly younger women is that right well they're just trying to sleep with me they don't really care about it they're going to put forth this effort to get me in bed the reality is he's already invested all of that time getting to know you, investing time, spending time with you, you know, and, and you hadn't already slept with him. So I feel like it's even more secure that he's probably already into you as a person, you know? Yeah. And well, okay. So let's take this from the coach point of view. And I talk about this a lot on the show and, and when I meet with groups and, and do the workshops and I'm sure you face the same thing. I have, you know, a minimum, I have the six date rule, which I've talked about that you're not doing anything intimate with somebody until you go out at least six times, because exactly what you're saying, you want them to make the emotional connection with you. Mm -hmm. Yet it's funny that especially like you're saying with the younger people, but also with Um, more mature people who are coming out of long-term relationships who say they don't want to waste time. They're like, well, I want to know if the sex is going to be good. So (laughs) why waste, you know, more than one date with them? And the reason is, well, if you just want to have great sex, don't. But if you were looking for a relationship, wait, right? How do you Mm -hmm. think about that? What do you feel? Yeah, I I agree. I think you remove that insecurity um, because think about it, even if you you, kind of go through the motions and then you sleep with that person, then there's that residual anxiety of like, oh my God, is he going to call me now? Did he actually, you know, like it it sticks with you. I think spending the time, not just to make sure that they're getting to know you, but that you're also sort of interviewing them in the same sense, right? Like you're questioning and you're feeling out whether or not that is a safe space and they're going to fit comfortably into your life in that way. And really that was a, that hurdle was a big one for us. Like once we got into a space of being comfortable, even looking at each other in an intimate way, there was that overwhelming fear of there's still a very likely chance that we go down this path 
and we're not compatible in that way. And then it's like, what do you do? (laughs) So what do you at home think? Do you think like lovers can be happily ever after best friends or or can best friends become the lovers and can lovers become best friends? I'm wondering what you think. What do you feel about people, Bridget, that, that always talk about, you know, my, my mate, my husband, my partner, my wife is my best friend. Do you think that's always true that they're the best friend? Um, no, but I also think it goes back to what your vision for a partnership looks like. So for me, that was always really important. Like I wanted to feel like my partner when I found him was somebody that I could sit around and do nothing with and enjoy myself. You know, that was really what I was looking for in a partnership. So if that's not, you know, I think for some people, they have a deep, deep, deep connection, but they don't need to have that sort of best friend relationship with their partner. Um, In my opinion, the healthiest and happiest relationships seem to be where they genuinely do find each other to be each other's best friends. You can talk about everything. You can confide in them about everything, be your most vulnerable self, you know? And so I think some people find that in other relationships as well. But to me, yeah, I think that that makes a really happy and sustainable relationship, but the, does everyone have that? No, I don't think so. Yeah, and, and it's funny because so many of the people when, especially, you know, in coaching and in matchmaking, people say, I want to find my best friend yet on a certain level they don't have that connection to an individual or to friends like that and my comment is always well what does a best friend mean to you as far as the partnership goes because for a lot of uh, for a lot of women for instance best friends are the people that they can just sit with and talk to and they feel that sometimes a man will try and solve their problem rather listen to them. So it's very much about defining what is a best friend in terms of a partner. Oh yeah. Right. Because what is a best friend? I can tell you that I love my partner and I feel very connected, but well, for me, best friend, especially, you know, as a more mature woman, I've had women in my life for f- over 40 years, I have some of my friends that are friends, you know, for, okay, I just started giving away my age here a little bit. But, you know, since I'm 12 years old, I have some of these women. They're my best friends. They've lived everything with me. And that's part of a best friend. Absolutely. So I, I think that it has something to do also with even with age, you know, like. And I think it's also, I think you bring up a good point because a lot of what we had to sort of rework in our relationship was we couldn't be exactly what we used to be for one another, right? Like, whereas if I just needed to get out of my house on a Tuesday to like let loose with somebody, you know, and and hang out in a low key setting, I would go to him. But now that's my partner. So that outlet needed to change. Otherwise you will literally spend all of your time with this person, which I am the first person to say, I don't think that creates a healthy relationship. I think you have to have your own outlets and you need to maintain your, your own lives. And that is a challenge when you go from somebody that you would have spent all of your time with before. But once there's intimacy, you have to actively work to separate and, and, and kind of create barriers that you might not have had before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess to your point, maybe it is, maybe it's not the same idea of who he was 
was when he was just my best friend. You know, it, the relationship itself. And was he actually transition. your best friend or a really close friend? And you had like a girlfriend and, and, and then oh, so answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say point. in terms of like best, best friends, I have probably four of them in my whole life. Most of them have known me my whole life. Now I live in California, so I moved 3000 miles away from anybody I knew and loved at a pretty young age. So I have a handful of people here that I do. I do consider my best friends. They were my family. They were the person I went to for everything. And he was one of those people before okay. Before this, 100%. Okay. Because I, then then there is like, well, how do, if, if they are your best friend and become your best lover, it's one thing. But if you had best girlfriends, for instance, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a person who came into your life that was like three years or two years into it is all of a sudden your best friend. Is there like the jealousy with the other friends? You know, we're going to, we're going to get to that question and a lot more conversation here today on pillow talk with Cheryl with my special guest, Bridget Ryan. She's a lifestyle and career coach and fell in love with her best friend. So we're here to help guide you through that. And coming up, there'll be a labor of love technique to help you know whether he or she is the one. Stay with us. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. Hi, everybody. Cheryl here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl, your relationship coach and communication expert. Today, we are talking about your best friend. Can you fall in love? Should you fall in love? How do you put yourself out there? How do you communicate that you want to get more intimate and possibly develop a relationship with your best friend and having that conversation about life, love, and lust here on Pillow Talk today is Bridget Ryan, who happened to have fallen in love with her best friend. Right, Bridget? Yes, I did. (laughs) 
So, so we were talking earlier uh, just before about the fact that, you know, your partner was in your life and you had all these other friends. And I was bringing up the point about friends, like long-term friends, and let's say in this case, women friends who might have been there for 15 years in your life, 20 years, in my case, 40 years and counting. Um, And then you have this person who was part of the pack and then you pull away from the pack with, one significant person. Do you think it changes the dynamics between the other friends? Um, you know, I think it could, absolutely. But for me, it's it's a conscious effort, right? Like, it's, it's just consciously making sure that you're fostering those other relationships. To me, I don't see any competition between the two. And truthfully, one of the, the first things that I, led me to falling in love with Jerome is that he... He gets the fact that my relationships and my friendships, and I call them like partnerships, like I have life partners that are completely platonic all over the world. And so making sure that I invest those time and in in traveling and going to see them and whatever it might be that I need to do, he's always fully supported that. So Mm -hmm. I could definitely see, especially being so far away from so many that if that wasn't the case where... You know, I could fly to Florida for a week just to be near my best friend. You know what I mean? Where that was right. tension on the relationship. I don't think it would work. Right. Well, I mean, that, I think that would be the case in anybody who comes into your life, right? Yeah. Like we're all, you know, adults and we all have lives when we meet our partners. Right. Uh, you know, whether you're 22, just coming out of college, you have a college life, whether you're in your 30s and you're starting your career, whether you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s, you have a life, you have a history, and it's about really respecting each other. And I mean, the whole thing about relationships is wanting your person, the person that you love, if you really love them, you want them to experience and do everything that they need to do mm-hmm. in their life, which is also. Um, really bond with other people and continue other relationships. Otherwise it's not very healthy. Absolutely. And he and I like joke about it all the time where, I mean, I think we would kill each other if all the only outlet we ever had all the time was one another. It's the only person Mm -hmm. you learn from. It's the only person you get advice from. It's the only person that you probably have tension with. You know, it just, I think for us, we, we feed off of that like energy of the community and, I'm so attracted to the fact that he has this, this community outside of me. And I feel like it's vice versa as well. And I, I, I definitely need that. That's something with just based into my personality with who I am. Any partner of mine would have to be comfortable with that, but he, he's more than comfortable. I feel like he like fosters it. So one of the things that I always talk about with clients who are considering crossing the line is having the communication beforehand, before you actually cross over and make the decision that you both have a feeling is to have very deep conversations about where you're coming from. For you, it was kind of like a kiss that happened at a wedding, you were saying, right? That's how, yeah. Yeah. So after that kiss, like for some people, maybe it takes one person doing an action to lead to the conversation. Exactly. Right? But you need to have that conversation before you actually get into bed with that person because you might be risking the relationship afterwards to make sure that you're both on the same page. And you were saying that that's what happened with the two of you. There was the kiss and then the actual 
dialogue didn't have uh, happened for a while, you had a lot of dialogue, right? So what did that dialogue consist of and who opened the dialogue? Uh, you know, it was, that's a good question. I honestly don't remember who opened the door for talking about it. I think we both felt the, the, the fear in that moment. Um, I think talking about what you're afraid of is important. Um, now talking about what you're afraid of in the context of you don't want to, I'm speaking from personal experience because what I started to go down the path of sharing all these fears about the relationship, which just in a weird way, almost made him feel like I was autom- automatically dooming this relationship. So be mindful of that. I don't recommend that, but yeah, talk about, right. talk about the reality. You know, if it doesn't work out, just, you know, what does that mean? How are we going to manage that? You know, I, he had seen me in dating situations before. I had seen how he interacted with other women. There were absolutely certain things about both of those things that we knew as partners would not work for us. And so being able to kind of hit those head on and say, you know, I know that you have a tendency to communicate this way around X, Y, and Z. For me, I can, I can already feel that that will be an issue. Like, this is how I usually communicate. Like, you almost need to sort of have a very frank, real conversation about the realities. So that way you feel like you have a barrier of protection if things, you know, don't go exactly how they plan because they never do. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing ever does. Just just for, if you don't mind, um, and you can say, Cheryl, too personal. But um, first of all, for part A of this question, did you have any inkling before the kiss on the dance floor that, you had the intention okay with each other and the second part is if not like what happens the minute the kiss happens like total shock or like whoa you know um yeah it's a great question and I actually think about this moment quite often because it is still such a fun like the fact that this even happened is so crazy to me sometimes um but it was First, I had these like little thoughts that started trickling into my head when we were spending one-on-one time together. Um, but those I totally just dismissed. I blocked those right out of my mind. I don't even think I talked to a girlfriend about it. I was like, not a thing. Does not exist in reality. Um, and then in that moment at the wedding, because I was in Paris and he's from Paris. And so he's French speaking and he's very acclimated and comfortable in this space. And I really wasn't. And so that kind of lifted the veil off of my eyes where I realized, oh man, I actually am kind of attracted to this person. He was taking control. He was, you know, organized. He picked me up at the airport. It was like this different role dynamic that I hadn't seen. And so I felt something. He's speaking a different language all of a sudden, literally. Literally, literally, (laughs) literally, you know? And so it was just, God, and he comes out in this three-piece summer suit, and that obviously helps a little. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I, I, but it was so far from my like immediate consciousness that I totally dismissed it. So when he kissed me, was I surprised? No. And he did beforehand. I think it was something along the lines of like, I'm going to do something. Is that okay? Like the, 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 the tension was there. We felt it. I felt it. I could see it in the way he was looking at me. And I don't know. I think in that moment, I realized that I had been thinking about it for a little while. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So this time sounds like the perfect time for me to just introduce what I always share with you at home, and that is my labor of love technique of the week. So I'm going to give you 10 little things to think about if you 
think you might be attracted to your best friend. So give me a second, Bridget, and you can weigh in on each one of these things. Number one, if you're thinking about this, and you've probably discussed it with them on a certain level, but maybe not exactly as, as a potential partner, do you have the same lifestyle values and goals? Like really important. That's part of everything that I do in every aspect of my coaching, lifestyle values and goals. The other one, that they know you from the inside out and you know them from the inside out and that you accept all their foibles. Number three, you have open communication. Like that's really important, especially if you're going to cross over into an intimate zone with this person. But you want to make, you know, do you do you have that open communication? Because you're going to need a lot of it as you, as you enter this. Then are you getting more flirty and touchy with the person? You know, is it like intensifying? That's a big one. And you also share their enthusiasm and disappointments for their success and the failures and and everything that's going on in their life and your own. Do you share those things with that person? And it's intensifying. Number six, your day seems incomplete if you don't speak to that person and touch base with that person and Bridget's shaking her head like, yeah, you kind of, that's a big one. That that was honestly, I almost forgot about, but that he, that was what it was when he left. And I realized that I, I noticed. Yeah. You noticed the void, right? Then you start enjoying conversation. You stop enjoying conversations about their love lives. Because if you're best friends, you're probably talking about your dating worlds. And all of a sudden, it might be bothering you that they're talking about their date Saturday night and it's like making the hair back of your neck stand up. So yeah, that could be a good one, a big one. Uh, that could be a big sign. You feeling more safe with them and you're feeling more that you want to abandon yourself to that person, you know, really, really be vulnerable on a different level. That's another big sign. And you sometimes see that, and this is number nine, sometimes about how you're starting to interact with each other from the vantage point of your friends and family. Like, are they starting to say, is something going on between the two of you or you're smiling different when you talk about Philip or Chris or Jane, you know, the smile is getting bigger and you probably experienced that, right? Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, pretty much everything that you've said were telltale signs that I totally ignored. (laughs) Okay. And then the big one, number 10, Are you starting to fantasize about them in a way you never did? Like you're thinking of kissing them and you're wondering what it would be like to hold them in your arms differently than you ever have before. And uh, if that's all happening in your world, you might have to start having that talk. (laughs) What do you think, Bridget? Good, Good 10 steps? Absolutely. Yeah, there were there um, a couple of big ones in there that definitely resonate. I think the communication one, right, being able to start from a foundation of open communication, because what I can warn you is that even if you have really vulnerable communication with someone before you are intimate and before you are almost trusting a part of your life with them, right? That it's going to change. Changes. It changes. So you want to start from a very comfortable space because it will become a more difficult as your dynamics change. 
So I'm going to come back after this break, and I want to ask you about though also the one about knowing by means of wanting to fantasize about them or starting to fantasize about them, and also the part about not wanting to listen to other aspects of their life, about their love life. And we're going to talk more about that. We're going to share this conversation with you right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl, the place where it's all about life, love, and lust. Coming up. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. We are back, Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And today's conversation, it's a lot of fun talking about our best friends because sharing things with our best friends is so part of us since we're little girls or little boys playing in the playground and telling our best friends everything that's going on in our lives. And then here you are, adults, possibly falling in love with your best friends. And I want to know what you think about this. By the way, don't forget, you can reach me on Instagram, on Facebook, and I always put questions of the week out on Facebook asking you to participate in this conversation because this conversation is here for you. This life, love, and lust is all about you and I sharing, well, the things that I know and the things that you feel and the things that you think about. So we're talking today about falling in love with your best friend with our special guest, Bridget Ryan, and she's still here with us. And Bridget is a life coach and a career coach, but she's also in love with who was her best friend. So we've been talking about that. And and Bridget, I wanted to read to you a couple things that, you know, the question that I put out on this week's Facebook was, would you ever dare, and I wrote dare, to date your best friend? And I had two, and it was interesting, two gentlemen specifically wrote in and went, one said this, absolutely not. For me, I truly love our friendship, and that's exactly how it started over 40 years ago. I cherish our friendship and that I would never put that in jeopardy in any way. I believe in taking it to the bedroom will do just that. Jeopardize the friendship, but that's just me. 
contra- contrary, somebody else wrote in, and again, both men, and by the way, in this case, both Dan's, it was interesting, they were both named Dan. If you find yourself having feelings for each other, if the universe is kind of nudging you closer to each other, then there's just might be something there. Taking a stab at romance, taking a chance at happiness doesn't necessarily have to ruin the friendship. What do you think? There you have it. Two different people responding to that question in complete opposite um, reactions to it. And I think that that's what I see a lot. Like when I'm working with people at a workshop and this comes up, there are very diverse feelings on that. So what do you think is the primary trigger for somebody? Um, a primary trigger for someone to fall into or, or, or against? Like what is keeping somebody from taking that leap or allowing them to go for it? Because I know the word that I'm thinking of. Fear. Yeah, <laughs> it always comes up there. You're either fearful fear. or fearless, right? <laughs> exactly. And and I can hear it in the first Dan's comment that at some point in his, his relationships in the past, maybe something didn't end well, right? And he really right. lost a connection that, he, that was really important to him in his life. And that has happened to every one of us, right? So I think... That, that makes sense that we would carry that into and weigh that against a relationship that is so important in your life and steer clear of it because of the sheer chance that it might end similarly. I mean, right. I remember feeling very similar in the beginning. Um, what I would urge people to consider is the second dance perspective, which is what if, right? What if the universe is pushing you towards this? I mean, for three years, that wasn't even something that crossed my mind. And all of a sudden, I felt something different. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, you almost risk maybe missing out on that altogether if you don't lean into it and explore. You know, there's a movie out right now, If Beale Street Could Talk. I mean, it's a very sad, tragic movie um, about, a, uh, about a relationship. But at the same time, it's a beautiful romance about these two people who have known each other since childhood. And, and just this love is just there and it develops. And the next thing you know, and what could be more, more secure than releasing to your best friend, to the person that supports you and has been there and, and just holds you up when you need holding up and falls into your arms when they need to be held. It, there, there has to be something there. Yeah, I think the foundation is something that you just can't create in any other context, right? Like you've built this foundation that was so specific and so special and now you have that to build on top of, you know, and I think in normal dating situations, it takes a long time to build that foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the pressure of, is it the right, is the right guy? Is it going to work? Do I like him? Do I not like him? Are we getting married? I want, you know, you also have all of that compounded on top of it, which trust me, still went through it, still go through it, still have doubts, still have questions all the time. Right. But I have that foundation that I think is what ultimately gets us through any of the, the hairy stuff that comes along the way. 
Yeah, and and I can say that I I have seen many relationships that started from friendship where two people, uh, one would be married and the other person was the best friend of the other mate and and then they support through the divorce and the next thing you know, something happens. But I've also seen um, and I've interviewed people who talk about the fact that they had a mature group of friends, for instance, a single people, all out of long-term relationships. And then all of a sudden, two people go, oh, you know, maybe we should try this. And they don't talk about what will happen to the group and to their friendship within the group. And then somebody doesn't just lose one friend, but they're not comfortable anymore being around all the friends. Mm -hmm. So again, dialogue, conversation, conversation, conversation. This is like, like dummy 101 when it comes to dating your best friend, right? Yeah, I, I definitely was, um, and certainly in my er, like early 20s, I was pretty frivolous when it came to, you know, relationships, just because you're in that headspace of where you almost believe that there's all these options. Well, there are all these options. And so you, you don't, I, I would be less than caring in, in situations, totally looking back on it. And I think if you date for fun and you're out there kind of throwing yourself out there, I would be really cautious about applying that same approach in this situation. It, it, you almost, and, and sometimes this will push you in the opposite direction, but you have to almost way too early on c- consider it a serious relationship. Like three a month into it, you might be having the dialogue of, are we going to move towards something a little bit more serious or, you know, checking in with where we're at in the relationship. You're almost having that conversation with it before anything happens. Which well, that's why... That's why, for instance, in the technique that I shared, the first one was lifestyle, values, and goals. Goal, in this case, being primary, because probably your values are very similar and your lifestyles are very similar if you're best friends. But what is your goal in crossing the line from friend to intimacy? Mm -hmm. And are you saying, I just want to have sex with you tonight? Or are you saying, I'm really interested in mm-hmm. you and I think I have feelings for you and and the vulnerability of that is again the fear of the rejection so I think it's it's a big question for a lot of people and that question needs to be answered with each other having that conversation yeah you're the only people who can answer it this is definitely yeah. one especially because I, the whole group thing resonates with me that was one of our biggest concerns you see it all right. Time where just and it isn't anyone's fault it isn't that friends take sides it's just the dynamics are uncomfortable I mean you're a fresh heartbreak you don't want to surround yourself with reminders and being close to that person or god forbid they bring another partner you know like of course yeah, it's a divorce yeah. but now you're divorcing your whole life not just whole the person life. in your life exactly anyway thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and yeah, um, your pleasure. partner's story <laughs> It's all out there now, Jerome. <laughs> it's all out there, Jerome. We we know all about Paris. You know, what happens in Paris did not stay in Paris in this case. It didn't. <laughs> so if somebody wants to get in touch with you and, um, you know, utilize your coaching services, how do they get in touch with you, Bridget? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's two main ways. My website, it's pretty easy. It's brc.business. That's how most people are getting in touch with me. Um, or you can find me on Facebook at The Professional Nomad. The professional nomad, but you're not a nomad anymore. <laughs> not nomad. Well, I have a partner nomad. 
Ah, that's the, <laughs> that's the best part. So you found that match. Exactly. Think about it. Think about that kiss, that fateful I know. night. How it all started. How it all started. And it can start for any of us out there. We don't know. And, and if you're lucky enough that you're starting a relationship with a new person and they become your best friend, that's great too. And I do want to end, uh, Bridget, on the comment that we talked about that that best friend label that a lot of people put on a relationship and their partner is different for each person. And a lot of people look at other partnerships and say, well, I don't feel that they're my best friend the way she talks about or he talks about their best friend. And and all I can say is we all think of it in different terms and you have to find your own term on that. Right? Definitely. 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 Yeah. So thank you for joining us today and um, we will be in touch soon and we'll speak again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe with Jerome. We'll bring him on. Oh, God, that'd be fun. (laughs) Now this is the time where you and I settle in and we have that intimate conversation just one-on-one. Something that I wanted to share with you this week was about the dance of love and about how we come together and find our dance with our partner and that dance communication that I'm always talking about. So I invite you to sit back, Relax, cuddle up, grab that pillow, and uh, if you want, take a deep breath, close your eyes, take a sip of wine, cup of tea, and think about the words I'm about to share with you. The Dance of Love. I am twirling and swaying to the soft rhythmic beat of the music alone on the dance floor. A romantic rumba playing in my soul is aching for you to be near. I feel your presence even before I can see you slowly emerging into the shimmering lights. Your hand reaches out to mine and we connect and together we enter into the dance of love. Your arms wrap around my waist, pulling me into conversation that says, you are my desire. My hand moves to caress your face and without uttering a word, you know my responses. I am here with you. The dance of love, communication that needs not be spoken, Two bodies that know when to take a step forward while the other takes a step back. Interconnected and entwined while breathing into the solo dancer spirit of each other. We can let our bodies talk to each other. The rhythm is pulsing through our hearts. We take long, slow strides or shorter, quick steps. Our combined energy is the flow of the movement. As long as we stay connected and feel each other, we can communicate. We give each other room to express ourselves in the dance. Each gesture of the hand or tilt of the head is meaningful. You grasp my hips to raise me over your head like a bird flying in the sky. And I trust you will never let me fall confident in your love. With a gentle descent, I am lowered into a seductive dip. The small of my back resting on your knee for support. My arms wrapped around your neck. We protect each other. You are safe, my darling. My hair sweeps the floor and you lean over and our eyes searching into each other's soul. Total abandonment. We are secure in our final embrace. This is our dance of love. And that's our show for tonight. I hope to be here with you next week as we have another conversation about life, love, and lust. And remember this week, as always, keep it simply seductive because we all know It's all about that kiss. 
Follow me on Facebook. Reach out. 844-744-SOLO is my direct hotline 24-7, and I'll get back to you in 24 hours. Good night, everybody, and see you next week here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. 